Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Episode 75 of Suncast. All of us, both individuals and organizations, are in a developmental process of trying to become better and better and better at what we do and more and more and more of who we are. Our career is a tremendous vessel for one of the most important aspects of our lives, our career progression. And our organization, in order for it to serve the market in its most efficient and effective way, needs to find the proper developmental approach as well. And people equal organizations. This is Suncast. In every battle, there's a front line. On that front line are warriors whose courage and action shape the outcome of the battle. The world is currently engaged in a literal power struggle, a battle in global energy as it evolves from fossil fuels to renewable energy. Suncast is a conversation with solar warriors on the front lines, building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. We learn their secrets to personal and professional growth, market development, and industry insights. And now, join solar industry veteran, Latin America fanatic, and your host, Nico Johnson. Hey, Solar Warriors, welcome back. This is episode 75 of Suncast. I'm your host, Nico Johnson. Episode 75. Man, I'm so glad that you're back again this week. Have you heard any of the other episodes? Uh, It just feels like a bit of a dream that we're already at 75. Soon we'll be at 100, and maybe soon we'll be at 500. You'll stick with me then, won't you? We're here fighting the good fight, defending our right to transition to clean energy, highlighting executives, leaders, and growth-oriented folks in the clean tech industry, mostly the solar industry. And this week, we are separating the signal from the noise and learning to use the recruitment process to build your team or your career. Hey, did you listen to last week's episode with Scott Sullivan? I love Sully. And I hope that you did too. I hope you learned more than a good memory trick. And I hope now that you are equipped to expand your network and influence better than before. And if you did like it, you are going to love next Tuesday's Tactical Tuesday. So make sure you tune in to that. Scott and I will go deep on the specifics of a good LinkedIn profile and LinkedIn etiquette. Hey, thanks. And a shout out to Orion Coates and James Ellsmore for the Twitter love lately. If, like Orion and James, you are also getting value from Suncast, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast in iTunes. More than 50% of our listeners come from iTunes and the Apple ecosphere, and rating and reviewing really helps others find the show, like Dea, who searched solar in iTunes and came up with Suncast. I continue to be amazed and blessed by you listeners who find the show and reach out to tell me your experience to encourage, and to provide feedback. Please consider sharing this show with a friend on Twitter or LinkedIn. It's really easy to find in all of the podcast players of your choice, heck, even Spotify. Well, today on Suncast, we will continue the theme of trusted advisor that I started last week with Sully's episode on networking. Now, while networking is a natural part of the career advancement process, there is another key element that is often overlooked, that of recruitment. Today, we're going to have a closer look at the process of building your ideal team or career 
with the help of one of the best recruiters that I know in the solar industry. Chris Terzo has represented some of the world's top leaders across the cleantech industry, and he's helped build some of the most effective teams in the biz. Today, I dig in with him on how having a trusted advisor like Chris on your virtual team is a must. And we also touch on the steps to consider both on the hiring and candidate side of the equation, how to find the right recruiter, whether that's as a candidate or a company looking to fill key roles, what Chris says are the three fundamentals of a successful venture, and his developmental approach to recruiting. And finally, the personality assessments that Chris recommends for companies and candidates trying to find the right fit. You know, Chris is a trusted advisor and often a secret weapon for myself, for Nigel at Jinko, for Guy at Origis, and many others. And whether it's Chris or another, I hope that after today's episode, you'll understand better how you can work with a recruiter to advance your company's mission or your own career trajectory. As always, if there's a topic or expert you think should be on Suncast, please shoot me an email or a LinkedIn message or pop over to the website and leave me a quick voicemail. That website's mysuncast.com. This episode is brought to you in partnership with our friends at soulrates.com. That's S-O-L-R-A-T-E-S. The fast and free online platform for providing your commercial customers a credible lease financing proposal. If you have projects over $100,000 in value, and you'd like to see how Soul Rates can help you quickly and easily deliver financing proposals to your customers that get faster approvals than you would expect, head over to mysuncast.com forward slash soulrates. Click on request an invitation. And this episode is also brought to you by my friends at Alliant Energy, the innovative new fully ballasted tracker that is at home in the harshest environments, helping developers across places like Mexico and Latin America in general, reduce project risk, increase yield, and keep their solar asset magically clean and productive. To learn more about their ballasted tracker and robotic cleaning systems, please visit alionenergy.com. That's A-L-I-O-N. Hey, thanks again for setting aside this time in your day. I hope that you enjoy this week's episode of Suncast with my good friend, Chris Terzo. Today on Suncast, we have, again, a pleasure of inviting one of my dear friends onto the show to talk about a topic that is near and dear to both of us. And it's hopefully near and dear to each and every one of you because it's more than career advancement or management. It's more than team growth or company sustainable development. It's an integral part of what Chris calls the three fundamentals of building a successful venture. One of those three legs being people. Chris Terzo, a dear friend of mine from Chris Terzo Associates, has represented some of the world's top leaders across the cleantech industry and has built the teams leading some of today's largest cleantech firms, names you'd recognize like Solar Frontier and Jinko. He's also an active seed investor in Silicon Valley startups. He's a member of a lot of boards and a passionate team builder. And he founded his recruitment firm out of a deep commitment to sustainability and integrity. Chris, always and in every way, a pleasure to hang out with you, my friend. Thanks for being on Suncast. Hey, Nico. Thank you. And thanks for that generous intro. My pleasure, man. It's interesting to me that you 
have found yourself in a place of team development within the clean tech industry. It's certainly not the only industry you represent, but your background isn't clean tech necessarily. I mean, you're sort of steeped in the hotbed of Santa Cruz, Silicon Valley, Northern California, certainly accessible for you. But if I recall, you were an administrator of education. Would you kind of give me an idea of how you got into recruiting as an industry and team building, how you segued away from quite successful careers as an administrator, as I recall, maybe a principal of yeah, schools? It seems like a circuitous route, but components that I learned along the way have really helped me to develop my recruiting practice. So I'm a very mission-driven purpose by nature. So when I was a young man in my 20s, I was very much drawn to education because I mm-hmm. felt like education is the most fundamental lever for change in the world because mm-hmm. children are the future, literally. And the more of their capacities we can develop and not you know, run over, the more that they'll be able to take the lead and innovate in the future in the clearest way. So hence, I was very drawn to education and I, and I was a teacher and an administrator. What I think I learned more than anything else there was how to develop a quick and deep understanding of the character of individuals, because I was around hundreds of little kids all the time and always trying to see into their natures and trying to help find who they really were inside of themselves and how to facilitate a process that would help them grow the most. Right. And ultimately, I'd like to think that that's what a good recruiting process does as well, Mm. to really see into who this person is or who this organization is and to try to separate the wheat from the chaff, try to get the junk out of the way and expose the right thing for the individual and for the company. So that seemingly unrelated element of my biography, I think, is the most fundamental training I got in order to be a good recruiter. I happened into the recruiting industry because my family was going through a huge change and my wife of the time was a physician and I was a school administrator and we had two young children and something had to give. So Mm. I chose to change my career, but there was still something missing during that period of my recruiting career and that was the mission. So now I had the mission in education and I had the skill set that I learned from my mentor in recruiting. Finally, in 2007, I said, I can't do this anymore. I I need to be filling both buckets. And that's when I said, I'm going to jump off the deep end and focus as much of my bandwidth as the world will allow on clean tech and renewables. And from 2007 on, it's been probably over 75% of our practice. There are some pretty aggressive recruiting strategies and even firms out there that have focused on clean tech and renewables. I would dare say that you are among the executive class of our industry, very well known, but in the industry writ large, not very well known. And, I'd say, and that's probably very intentional. Is it fair to say that, and I don't think it's a secret that you're good friends with Nigel Cockroft, who runs mm-hmm. Jinko Solar. Is it fair to say that you basically helped Nigel build out their entire executive team? I have helped him strategically navigate his own career and have key placements throughout his team from Hanwha through his brief role at GCL all the way now till Jinko. Before I go further into that, I want to roll something back, which I think is worth mentioning as well. You're talking about breadth versus depth in terms of recruitment. And you all, those two things always are a trade-off breadth potentially brings you wider exposure, 
but it tends towards the transactional depth, gives you incredible possibility on the relational side, but you might lose some other things. We are boutique by design and we tend towards the depth side of that equation. We want to nurture relationships over time. We want to pick our clients as well as our candidates that work well with us Mm -hmm. and that trust us in a way that we're part of their team and they can come to us at any time, like you're mentioning Nigel. So one time we needed to fill a position on his team that was a whole. And we sat down and we said, well, we don't just want to go out there unconsciously and find the person with the perfect resume, we really want to know what are the qualities that are needed on the team. So there's an assessment tool called the DISC assessment that many may have heard of. And we did a full 360 degree evaluation of Nigel's team, his organization. Everybody on the team took an assessment and then we looked at where the strengths were and where the holes were. And then we went out in our recruitment process and actually evaluated people on the holes in the team so that we were able to fill in many of the blind spots in the team as part of that process. I think it's really interesting. Folks think about often recruiting as one way to build out your team, or if someone has exposure to it and has had a good mentor, they think of recruiting as a way to get another job, right? As opposed to just responding. Now, the word of LinkedIn has changed everything, but as opposed to just responding to inbound inquiries from recruiters who say, I've got a job. Are you interested? Are you open to new opportunities? You mentioned something that I think is really interesting, and I don't know that many executives think about it this way unless they've had someone like you as an advisor. And that is the notion of navigating your own career. I feel that in my 20s, and even perhaps, yeah, certainly my 20s, I had the benefit of working under a guy named Randy McEwen. Randy ran uh, Solar Integrated Technologies in Southern California, took it public and then sold it to Unisolar. He now runs Ballard Power Systems out of Canada. Just a tremendous mentor in my life. I'll never forget when really I had been recruited to the company I was with at that time, DRI, through a recruiter down in Southern California. And the process felt interesting. I felt a bit special and lucky that I had been sort of funneled into this process of getting a job as opposed to the the sort of typical process of throwing your job resume up on Monster and hoping for the best, which is what many, un, uh, I'll, I'll call it uneducated folks who don't understand really how the executive search world works, go about getting a job. Randy, then at the time, like we were shutting down one of the businesses and he was helping me find work. And he said, hey, look, I'm going to put you in touch with these recruiters. And he sent me a list of of recruiters that he'd worked with that only focus on executive search. They only focus on folks that have high quality skills. I could list them here and name them, but that's not relevant. Suffice to say, I didn't even know these search firms exist because they only focus on helping folks like Nigel and teams Nigel would build. I'll use that as an example. What that basically illuminated for me was that there was this other sort of category of recruitment that focused in what you work on, which is trusted advisors, to executives whose mission it is to grow a company. Those executives work with those recruiters, if we want to use that term, uh, or executive search firms across many organizations, right? Not just to get them placed, but also then to help them grow their career. And that's the reason why I wanted to bring you on, because I think that there's not a, there's really not a clear understanding in our world. Uh, and I'll say our world being solar or clean tech of how this works. 
I think that a lot of my listeners, perhaps some of whom have reached out to me and said they're looking for work, either they don't know how this works, uh, they don't have access to a recruiter like yourself, or they simply haven't been exposed to it, right? So in the outset, probably what I should have said in the beginning, folks, is like, look, Chris Terzo is not just a friend by happenstance. He's a friend by design. Chris saw me as someone who was, I'll say, like a person in the industry who had potential, who I was introduced to him from someone also of trust and who he said, you know what, this guy, Nico, I've had a couple conversations with him. I think I can help him develop his career. Maybe it will lead to me having income from it by helping place him, which is, you know, what Chris does for a living. But I can tell you on this call, like just in full disclosure, Chris has never placed me in a role. Chris has also in full disclosure paid me once for helping him find a candidate for a role. So we have a mutually beneficial relationship, but my career has benefited from your advice and advisory services, if you will. And I'll say for free almost (laughs) over the last five years, simply because you saw an opportunity to lean into someone's career and did not take it as an opportunity to build your own portfolio and Rolodex as the core driving function of it. And I really appreciate and genuinely want to thank you for that in this public forum. And I want to state that as the sort of the backdrop and the layer that informs why we're having this conversation, why I think it's important for Suncast listeners to understand that there are two ways to think about this. And we're going to talk about those in more depth now. The first is you are ambitious. You are looking to grow yourself, your personal brand or your personal company. And you're trying to think about ways, how do I sustainably surround myself, as they say, with the five smartest people I can, right? Because you are the average of the five people that you surround yourself with. And that's true in personal life as well as business. And so that helps with career advancement if you have uh, an understanding of how the recruitment world works and how you can leverage it. The second, and I think it's equally important, and this is what we talk about with Nigel and others, is how does having a deep knowledge of the recruitment industry and a bench of trusted advisors like Chris Terzo help me when the moment is right, build my team. Nigel certainly gets that. I think that one thing that, as I mentioned earlier, people would find very interesting and antithetical almost is that you have helped Nigel place people on his team. You have been with him helping him transition from one key executive role to another. So therefore, you have served as a trusted advisor, both for his career, as well as the teams that you've thus helped him build. That's really the way it works, Nico. I mean, and that you're right. You captured the spirit of, my brand, our brand, what I think is the spirit of value-added recruiting. And our relationship and my relationship with Nigel have very much mirrors in the opposite direction. I think in your case, I've helped be a knowledgeable presence to help you facilitate turning what you want inside into manifestations in your outside life. And I've done that with Nigel for his career and for his organization. And if I go back to all my major clients, be they Solar Frontier or Jinko or Origis or in other sectors, United Technologies or Palantir Technologies, we'll find a theme which is I will have developed the relationship with an individual, have helped them often navigate their own career and then help them build their organization at some point as well. That is a common theme. And really, I think it's simple. It's, it's first of all, recognizing potential. Yeah. I think that's a two-way street. When I met Nico, he was a young, smart, vibrant guy that was super ambitious, but was stuck in a big corporate structure. And he needed those skills for as long as he got him to develop his relationship. But we both always saw in him an inner entrepreneur, which because of his irrepressible spirit, he was able to 
have the courage to go out and, and manifest those things over time. And there was a couple of times where I brought him jobs that I would have made out on placing him because he would have been the best guy for the job. But I said, in all good conscience, Nico, I don't think this is the right next step for you. This isn't going to move you along. That's kind of an anecdotal way to point something important out. A good recruiter really knows that short run transactional wins are not going to build long run value. And to invest in long run value is always a better human choice and business choice. Yeah. I'll give a little more granular advice in ways that Chris has helped me in my career. When I transitioned from Trina to Connergy, you read my contract. You gave me very specific advice about how to modify the contract. You didn't recruit me to that role, but you, as a trusted advisor, read that contract and helped me negotiate a better salary. And I would argue that like you materially added probably $50,000 to that year's annual income. And again, there's just something that, and I appreciate you bringing that up, Nico, because there's something that most people don't think of you know, they think of recruiter as somebody that has a job offering for them on a transactional basis. But a good recruiter, you know, that's been doing it for a while, goes through dozens and dozens of contract negotiations for individual candidates per year. That's often one of the hardest parts on both the company and the candidate side of any recruitment process. That's right. Is having a neutral third party. The recruiter really has to be neutral in that sense. Yep. And neutral, non-attached to manipulating the situation to their advantage and giving good advice both to the candidate and the client as to what's going to move the ball forward. And sometimes, you know, you can get all the way there and something falls off because those needs weren't met on both sides. So use recruiters. It's important for you to get a third party opinion if you're a candidate and you're going in and to have built enough trust with the recruiter that's representing you in any one process to feel like you can lean on them for objective advice in their negotiation with the original company if you're taking the advice from the recruiter who's representing you there. Chris, that is great advice. I want to backtrack again one quick moment. You mentioned that when you were helping Nigel build the team at Jinko, you actually went in and did a DISC assessment. I personally believe that DISC is one of the better assessments around, certainly at a team level. If I had to point to two things that have helped really give me a lot of insight into my own personality and, and how I work with others. The first at a personal sort of emotional level is, is called Enneagram. I use it all the time, Nico. I, I yeah. almost didn't mention it here because it's harder to fit it into a corporate structure. Sure but is. for me, it's, it's my favorite one as well. Yeah. And then at a corporate level, Dave Ramsey famously, Chris Licurdo, who was on his team, does an, a DISC assessment for every new employee. And they don't just do the assessment. They actually post it on the cubicle, on the desk, on the wall, so that someone who's in high eye understands how to communicate with someone mm -hmm. else in the organization who is a different assessment. So the DISC assessment, in my view, is a much better, as you pointed out, organizational assessment and mm -hmm. how people interoperate. But for those of you who are just out there trying to figure out your own style, your own sort of personality and the uh, Myers-Briggs MBIT has not really done it for you, I would recommend checking out the Enneagram 
A-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. And I'll link to that in the show notes as well as the DISC assessment for you. But I've found that leaders who really care about the functionality of their team, not just about growing a team rapidly, but who really care and take to heart that you got to get the right people on the bus, they use one of these two tools or both. You know, Nico, to be honest, I think it's far too irregularly that organizations do this level of work. That, that, yeah. that's, that's the darn truth of it. It's the rare organization that actually invests at this level. And I don't always fault the organizations either because they're churning through their reality, trying to keep up with everything they have on their plate. And they go for the butts and seats mentality. I, you know, I need that butt in that seat as fast as I can get it. Having that seat open for longer loses them money as well. So it's always a cash okay. 22. But I believe, you know, I, I believe that Jinko is one of the best teams, if not the best team in the business. And mm-hmm. I, I think a big part of the reason why it is, is because they take the time and energy to do stuff like that 360 mm-hmm. degree disc assessment. That is so cool. And I love that as a recruiter and advisor, as I mentioned before, for Nigel, you take that on as part of your role because it more adequately informs how you will help him fill the gap Uh, and and, and identify what the gap is. You know, as an executive, it's his job to notice, okay, we've got a gap. And then you come alongside and say, how can we fill that? This might be a good place for us to sort of put together some thoughts on the nuts and bolts of recruitment. Mention how I've engaged with it, how Nigel's engaged with it. Can you just give us a summary how does it work? What should I know for recruitment, both from a candidate as well as a hiring manager perspective? From a candidate perspective, you're getting bombarded by recruiters all the time and more and more every day. That's also to some degree true for hiring managers as well. So how do you separate the signal from the noise? It's good old fashioned vetting skills. You look at who the people are associated with. You look at what the offering is. You look at their materials on the web, then you interview them as much as they interview you. And I'm talking about from the candidate side here, obviously. Do they really listen and understand who you are? Do you feel hurt? Do you feel understood as part of that conversation? Or is it just transactional? You know, is it just information that's being given both uh, from both sides of the coin? Really tune into that at the best of your ability. Then if you trust them, you need to start asking them questions. Here's something that I want to say that, that gets lost a lot of the time. You should, as a candidate, pick one, two, maybe three recruiters who over the time of exposure, because you're going to get exposed yeah. to a lot of them, that you trust and go deep with them. Just like Nico and I have done, it's kind of like a real estate agent in that way. When you find a good real estate agent that can take you to a, a number of houses, really evaluate and understand your need mm-hmm. and what you're looking for over time, stick with those people. And who aren't just trying to sell you a house, but are trying to get you into the right house, that's a really important advisor to have on your team. If I'm a hiring manager and I haven't actually ever used a recruiter before, I'm anxious about it. How would you set me at ease? Both how we expect to work together and what the actual transaction looks like. And I think actually for candidates, it's important for them to understand there's a transaction, right? You're not working for free to get somebody brought on board. So to the extent that everyone is clear and aware of like what's actually happening behind the scenes, I think it promotes healthy interaction. Yeah, definitely. There are many different types of recruitment processes. I keep going back to this, but 
having an understanding of the individuals and of the marketplace. We haven't talked enough about niche understanding in a marketplace. Mm-hmm. Most recruiters, they do stick in niches, but they spend too much time in the horizontal, what I call the horizontal plane rather than the vertical plane. They aren't going deep enough in their knowledge of an industry, in their knowledge of the individuals in the industry, and in their knowledge of the growth trajectories of the individuals, the organizations, and the industry itself. Those categories of knowledge, both on the candidate and client side, build what I would call a repertoire of fast, accurate decision-making that is almost quantum in nature. Because when you have knowledge across those different verticals of categories, there can be associations within that knowledge that you can't come to if you only have one section of that knowledge. And that is what helps a good recruiter move quickly, which moving quickly to completion is what every client wants. What every client wants is to have the exact right candidate as quickly as possible because every day that that seat is not filled, that's losing money for that client. Right. So to get to moving quickly to getting that seat filled To have that deep knowledge on all those verticals that I spoke about is what allows for that to happen. How do you judge that? A good executive can judge that kind of thing pretty quickly. Having a frank and open industry discussion, not in interview format, engaging them. And are you getting value out of that discussion? Are you actually learning as a client, you know, as a CEO of an organization? Are you learning from that conversation? Is this recruiter actually telling you things that you don't know about your own industry? If so, that's a pretty good recruiter. Are they telling you things that you don't know or that you, are they reminding you of things that you didn't remember about organizational development? And are they quickly and succinctly getting what your value prop is and what your developmental stage is as an organization? And therefore, can they plug in quickly and add value right away? Retained versus contingency, this is a common question. Typically, retained searches are ones where often they're confidential searches Mm -hmm. or they're board-level searches for something, for a position that needs ample time and vetting to find a a C-suite type of position. More director-level, and if you have multiple searches and are trying to really build out an organization as a whole... Contingency may make more sense for you as an organization because you're going to need more volume than any one organization may be able to help you provide. And a good recruiter is going to be able to say, listen, I can help you here and here. I can't help you there and there. You should have free recruiters, but what you shouldn't do is pit them against one another because work duplication. You might get some price competitiveness, but the price competitiveness that you get from that, I think gets lost in that the quality level goes down. Because if you're pitting recruiters against one another, what they end up doing is throwing everything that they have at you because it's a race to get ownership of a candidate And then if the margin is low and they're just throwing resumes, they're not going to 
follow it all the way through to the end because they're forced by market forces to chase the thing that's closest to the dollar. Would someone do a retained search with more than one firm? Yes, for different positions, potentially. If someone is specialized in CFOs and someone else is specialized in sales, got it. Correct. Uh, Yeah, and so the world is sort of uh, broken up in that way where certain recruiters focus on sales and marketing, others focus on operations and finance. Is that kind of how, is that true? It can be broken up that way or it can be broken up. My practice is more industry specific and across functions. Some can be more functionally specific and across industries. Yeah, so that's probably a good vetting question for a candidate if they're looking for recruiters as well as hiring managers if they're looking for working with a recruiter, yeah. Yep, yep. How do you build your practice? Retained means the company's paying the executive search firm a monthly stipend, so to speak. There are many different models. So I'll I'll give you three different models and I I have worked under all three. One is a fully retained search, which is where the recruiter is under contract to fill a position and gets paid however that position gets filled. So the recruiter does become an advisor as part of the board chosen recruitment team to basically chair that committee and lead that process. Uh In that case, they go through all the possible sources for candidates and they get paid a third up front as they put together the, the, the search prospectus and go out and do the research and gather the candidates. They get paid a third when the interview committee brings the group of candidates down to the short list. Mm-hmm. And then they get paid a third at the end of the process when the, the offer and acceptance is made. The middle way is something called a container, which I've, I often find a good balance and, and further down in the organization, it often makes sense. And that is where there's a partial payment up front, maybe a third or some number, uh, $7,500, $10,000, something like that. And that is a co-commitment money. It allows the recruiter to fully do the quality of work that they want to be doing Mm -hmm. and the client to get the full attention of that recruiter throughout the process. Right. And then we go through the same process and then we collect the full fee at the very end of the process and subtract the retainer from that full fee. And just for clarity, the full fee typically is a percentage of the amount of the salary. How does that count? Correct. Uh, It's percentage of the amount of the first year's cash compensation or the guaranteed first year's compensation, something like that. And then finally, contingency is where the recruiter doesn't get paid anything until the person shows up for work. Until their candidate shows up, yeah. Yeah, uh, the, the per- yeah. until one of the candidates that they represent gets hired and shows up for work. Mm-hmm. And again, that can be a good method in a large organization or a large volume situation where it makes sense to have multiple recruiters working on multiple fronts. But the danger in contingency is a race to the bottom. There's one situation that I bumped into recently where a company literally had eight recruiting firms working on the same job. Now that's almost a caricature, but that's so sloppy on every level. You know, the, the same recruiters end up calling the same candidates for the same jobs. That makes the company look gaudy and unprofessional. Yeah. And, and almost desperate. <laughs> yeah, and almost desperate. And it wastes the recruiter's time. And I guarantee you, you're not going to get a high quality uh, recruiting process, even if any, re- even if any of the recruiters 
that chose to engage in that process stuck around. Yeah. Because, yeah. That was a question I had for you because what I've seen is that these recruiters bump up against each other and then it's a question of, well, which recruiter brought candidate A to the table first? Yeah. And this is something I wanted to get to, Nico. When I first got into this industry, it was always about claiming that you owned a candidate. Whoever gets it first to the desk of the client owns Mm. the candidate. That's the common understanding. Yeah. However, that sucks for candidates. Yeah. Because not the best person to represent them is going to be always in a really hot contingency environment, the first person to reach them. Important this, and this is where it all starts to come together. If you're a candidate, find a trusted recruiter in your industry that you, like Nico and I, can develop a relationship over time yeah. that's more advisory. Then yeah. somebody approaches you with a job, bounce it off them. Mm-hmm. Talk to them. What was the process like? How did they contact you? How did you actually feel about the recruiter in that process? Maybe you liked the job, but you, you, know, you liked the recruiter only because they were the one that brought you that job. But were you really listening? What, were, they, were they able to really add value other than simply bringing you the job in right. that situation? There may be another recruiter that could represent you better in that situation. Yeah. So putting on the brakes a little bit in that situation may actually make sense. I have been in situations, and I, I tell you a story. I had one, one of my clients was using two recruiters, not too many, but I had developed a relationship with this candidate over time in relationship to this company. And then he got contacted by one of that company's other recruiters. He wanted to be brought forward to that job. He told that recruiter, hey, I've talked to Chris about these guys already. Let me go back and talk to him before I decide about what we do on this particular job. Right. He came back to me and we talked about it for a long time. And he said, okay, Chris, I want you to represent me on that job, not the other guy. Right, right. And because the reason why he chose that is because number one, he felt like I had a deeper relationship with the executive team yeah. so that I w- he was going to get a better shot at it that way. Number mm. two, I knew his background better than the other candidate, and he trusted me to negotiate uh, a better deal overall for him. All those reasons. You as a candidate are empowered in some cases to choose your recruiter. So at the very least, you should have somebody that you trust to ask for advice when you're going through any one recruitment process so you don't make the pitfall of letting the wrong guy represent you in any one process. I'd love to know whether or not you have sussed out what are some of the key lessons or takeaways from the folks that you've worked with. It's the same things that I've learned from my mentors across the the principles of what it means to be a quality human being. For me, is the foundation of everything goes from there. So how good of a listener are you? And Mm. when I say a listener, I mean not just to the words, but to the person Mm -hmm. behind the words. So listening is something I've learned from my mentors. Building a good life, loving what you do. Mm -hmm. That loving what you do is something that almost can't be hidden, right? That vibrates out from every discussion you have with somebody. It comes across in every conversation. And that is what motivates people. Mm -hmm. If you recognize who they are, 
but through listening fundamentally to them. And if you love what you do, if you add those two things together, that creates a spark and a catalyst that motivates individuals to find their way to their highest potential. And it also gets shit done more efficiently at the same time. Indeed. So I always say that leaders are readers and you deal with a lot of influential leaders. And therefore, I know that you have to educate yourself and always stay ahead of the curve. What books have informed your particular aspect or approach to life or leadership? Stephen Covey's Seven Habits is always a staple to go back to Mm -hmm. uh, over the years. I have studied things like the Enneagram. You Mm -hmm. mentioned the Enneagram. Uh, I've studied systems such as the Enneagram as both an educator and a recruiter over many years. And those, I'd say more than anything, inform my practice and and my ability to really understand people and organizations in the the right ways. Um, Being present to really current events and trends without getting lost, you know, again, uh, a theme you, separating you, the signal from the noise. Can you bring that? Yeah. Can you bring that down a bit to, to, to actual tactical advice? How are you present with the news and stay current with the industry? Is there any particular way that you do that? You know, I have my go-to reads, the New York Times, The Economist, GTM are my three staple reads in that area. Because the mega trends of the macro uh-huh. inform very deeply the, the trends of the micro. So right. for me, it's to be really at, out at the outer edges of trending, you have mm-hmm. to be related to the macro as well as the micro. You mentioned practice. What habit or consistent practice has the greatest impact on your life or work? I'd say consistency is key. Engineering your own life. And, you know, I I have the good fortune of living and working as my own boss. So that's both a blessing and a curse. And you have to turn it into a blessing. The blessing is the more structure you bring to your life, the better off you're going to be. So that means going to bed at the same time, getting up at the same time, getting enough in the right kind of exercise, Mm -hmm. uh, getting your mental health in situation through your choice of uh, mindfulness, any kind of meditation practice, setting clear work hours, using systems like Brandon Bruchard's disciplines to structure your goals and your flow of your day from a tactical standpoint. The more conscious structure you bring to yourself, the freer you are to hold yourself accountable, the more you will manifest your own freedom. It's a paradox, but it's absolutely true. Yeah, and it's more true in in both of our lives. I definitely agree with you on that. Hey, before we ask the last question, I always like to know, where can people find you? How could they engage with you? You know, certainly if someone's looking to. I have a decent sized LinkedIn presence. I've got Mm -hmm. my website. Those are my two main ones. Your website is what? It's Chris Terzo. Oh, it's Chris. Yeah, uh, just my my first and last name dot com, Chris Terzo dot com. That's T-U-R-Z-O. Correct. Email is Chris at, right? Chris at Chris Terzo. Yep. If you had an ask, since we've got the forum, we've got a minute, how can the Suncast audience help you? Or would you have an ask of the audience before we go? I would say just if you liked anything you heard here, feel free to reach out. I relish conversations with people that are going through their lives and are building the renewables business passionately. Any conversation like that is going to float my boat and any value I can add along that way would be a pleasure. And so just reach out with further questions of any kind. I'd enjoy getting to know you. Very cool. But before we leave, I always have one 
last question. Let's end today with a bold prediction. What's one thing that you see happening in the market that perhaps nobody else is tracking? Chris, what's in your crystal ball? I'm going to say something that, that's kind of obvious, but maybe not so obvious at the same time. In my specific industry, recruiting, I believe AI is going to just transform the business in ways that we can barely understand. So much of what we've depended upon our recruiters for is informationally gathering stuff and collating and systematizing and ranking and all that kind of stuff. Computers at some point are going to be able to do that as well, easily as well, probably better than people. So what are the ways in which human beings cannot be factored out of Mm. the system? And this is very important. This goes back to what you know. I was referring to personally with, with the books I choose and stuff like that. What cannot be factored out is a kind of both self-knowledge and knowledge of the human spirit allows for an intuition to develop that can only happen coming out of a conversation amongst people. That can never be mechanized is the ultimate motivation and spirit of the future. And that's why I went into education to begin with. That's why I'm in recruiting now, because I believe that the human being needs to be, must be at the center of the evolution of life on earth. Otherwise, you know, if machines take over, that's not the world we want to live in. So what that calls on us to do as individuals is develop those human skills. Very, very well put. Well, if any of you listening are in that position of career transition or looking to grow your team and you haven't yet found the right trusted advisor, might I suggest that Chris Terzo could very well be one. Your mileage may vary. It's not one size fits all, but I certainly have trusted and come to know and love this man as a guy who really understands the world in which we all operate and who cares. I think simply put, he cares. And you got to find someone like that in your life. Chris, just a huge pleasure and honor to have you on the show. I look forward to getting you back at some point soon. Excellent, Nico. Thank you so much. Hey, Solar Warrior. Well, it's the end of this conversation, but there's always more in the backlogs and coming up next week. We've got Scott Sullivan diving deep into LinkedIn profile etiquette on Tactical Tuesday. And if you can't get enough of that, well, there's plenty more in the archive, 75 episodes deep. Thanks for tuning in, tuning up your skills, and we'll see you soon. That's a wrap on today's conversation, Solar Warriors, and you're now well-armed for battle. Hopefully, you'll take away some great tools for your own success. I'd love it if you'd share what you learned or share the episode over on LinkedIn. Let me know what other tools you need. If you want to sharpen the axe a little bit more, I've shared some of the resources we discussed in today's conversation over at mysuncast.com. Just click on the latest episode link in the title bar. Perhaps the best tool in your arsenal might be subscribing to the mailing list while you're there so that you'll get an email from yours truly when new content is available. Have a suggestion for someone you think should join the conversation? Email me, Nico at mysuncast.com or shoot me a message on LinkedIn. Hey, that's it. Thanks for being here. Until next time, stay informed, my friend, and stay tuned.